We are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast, Augie's Locker Room. Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind Rockney items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit AugiesLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. AugiesLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Frost now hits 15. Logan digs a tailback to the left of Drew Pine in the shotgun. Davis Sherwood, tight end, lined up as a fullback to the right. Pine takes the snap inside the digs, cuts once, surges for the goal line and gets there. Touchdown, Logan Diggs. Paul Burmeister on the Notre Dame Radio Network on Saturday. He had the call of the Irish 41-24 victory over Syracuse on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, a day in which the Fighting Irish ran the ball 56 times and only threw it 19 times. The defense had a pick six. The special teams blocked another punt, setting up a two-yard touchdown. So the Irish offense put up 27 points kind of by themselves and then got a boost from special teams and the defense to get that total up to 41. Let's break down this matchup with our eye, of course, looking ahead to the matchup with number five Clemson this Saturday night at 730 at Notre Dame Stadium. We bring in my co-host for game day sports beat here on WSBT Radio will be on the air from Notre Dame Stadium from 4 until 6.30 on Saturday. He is Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, Tyler Horka. Well, the old saying that many people live by, you always want a balanced offense. If you got 70 plays, you want to be as close to 50-50 as possible. And I've always not been a fan of that saying because if a team has a weakness and you see it and you can – really take advantage of it, why would you try to do something different? So I went into this Saturday's game talking on the show. I hope Tommy Reese stays disciplined. I hope he runs the football because after what I saw, Clemson-Syracuse, Clemson ran it down Syracuse's throat in the second half on their way to a comeback victory. And you know what? Sure enough, Tyler, he let that running game eat. And even though the numbers, 4.4 yards per carry, weren't staggering and they, they never seemed to have that big explosive run, that was a game plan that really took advantage of a weakness of Syracuse. So I know Tommy catches a lot of heat. I really like the game plan he put together on Saturday for the most part. Yeah, and I totally agree with you, what you said at the beginning there when if you've got a weakness, and for Notre Dame, that is passing the football, especially in the last three games, why would you go do to that just as much as you go to the thing that works? And for Notre Dame, that's running the football. I mean, to run the ball over 50 times, 56 times, like you said, is just an incredible stat. And I think uh, my coworker Patrick Engel had a stat in his rewatch where it's the 
most since 2017, and Notre Dame has only run the ball over 50 times twice since, I think it was like 2008 or something. So we're talking Mm. about 15 years' worth of data points here in 12 games, 12 or 13 games a year, obviously. And there's only been two times that Notre Dame has done that, and that just exemplifies the way that Tommy Reese and Notre Dame thought it was going to win a game against Syracuse on the road against a top-20 opponent was, hey, man, keep this thing on the ground, churn out first downs. We've got a stable of backs who can who can run the ball. And sure enough, Audric Estime, one week after only running the ball three times against UNLV and was benched because he fumbled for a third time in the last four games, he gets 20 carries and goes for 123 yards and two touchdowns. Logan Diggs, the guy who was the bell cow against UNLV the previous week with 28 carries, he gets another 20 carries. So it's just a confident group up front, and we'd be remiss not to mention the offensive line obviously paving the way. Garrett Patterson gets the player of the game on the offense from Marcus Freeman and the coaching staff, and he just said it today in his press conference. He was like, we could have picked any one of those five up front because it all starts with those guys, and that's a cliche, but – it's true, man, because if you don't have guys that are moving the, the pile up front and pushing the line of scrimmage downfield in your favor, then you're not going to be able to run like Notre Dame was. But obviously it's a, it's a different task this week against Clemson, number seven rushing defense in the country in terms of yards per game allowed. And this is a unit that's only averaging 88 yards on the ground per game. So uh, this is not the undersized, Syracuse defensive lineman that Notre Dame is facing this hmm. week. So it's it's strength on strength, and it's going to be really intriguing to watch. I've always been a big Chris Tyree fan, and in the first month of the season, I wanted him to get the football more. Just like coaches, as a media member, sometimes you have to adjust on the fly. And I'm going to make an adjustment to how I feel about the Irish running back room. Now, we both in agreement Three running backs splitting carries is not healthy because it just doesn't allow you to get into the proper rhythm as a running back. And any running back who you give true serum to is going to tell you that. With the way Notre Dame successfully runs the football between the tackles and struggles running outside the tackles, this is why I'm making a change in my thinking. I think if that is who they are, their identity that Diggs and Estime give you the best chance to succeed. Tyree is still a versatile guy that can help you as a pass catcher, but you know what? If that is your identity, and if that's the way you're going to run the football, I would rather have good blocking wide receivers to help in the running game than having Tyree out there. So as much as I'm a big fan of Chris Tyree, I kind of like what we saw against Syracuse with Diggs and Estimate taking control of the carries. I kind of want to get your thoughts on the direction of this offense, in particular the use of the running backs. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And it's not to say that Chris Tyree can't do it, because I go back to he the can. Cal game where it was Audric Estimate and Chris Tyree because Logan Diggs was sick and didn't play in that game. And You'd almost think it was Logan Diggs wearing number 25 for Notre Dame because I think the carries in that game were split 18-17. Chris Tyree, Audric Estime basically ran for the same amount of yards. They piled up 150 between the two. I think they were both around 75 or 80, but he can do it. But I'm just sitting there watching that game against Syracuse, and you see the way number seven hits the hole and number three hits the hole. I mean, those guys are running hard, and 
they don't want that first guy to tackle them. And, and a lot of times that first guy does not tackle them all on his own. He needs some help. When 25 gets it, I don't know what it is. There's just something about the first guy being able to tackle him or he gets tripped mm-hmm. up or he just doesn't have that strength. And obviously that would make sense because he is not as big as certainly Audric Estimate. He's not even as big as Logan Diggs. So there's a power element missing there. And then they did try to run him outside a couple times, and you saw a couple tackles for losses. It just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, I think Greg McElroy made a really good point that that's Syracuse's strength. Notre Dame was playing into it uh, on a couple of those runs because they're so quick and, and small up front that they're able to get out there a little quicker than the bigger guys on the defensive line. But, yeah, if Notre Dame's M.O. is that power game, north-south, run between the tackles, get the tight ends involved, just run it up right up the middle on teams, then, yeah, it's, it's Audrey Estimate. And, and it's Logan Diggs, but with Chris Tyree, when people say, oh, yeah, he's, he's a great pass catcher, and he is, that doesn't mean you have to line him up at wide receiver. You could still put him in the backfield. I think Notre Dame has done some really good things in the RPO game to get him the ball in space while he's still lined up as a running back. So it doesn't mean he's totally phased out of the backfield component. I think you can still put him back there, but when it comes time to run the ball, if you're Notre Dame, I think the last two weeks I've shown you – uh, obviously not with estimate against UNLV, but, I mean, Logan Diggs is definitely one of those guys. And then this week showed you, okay, when he's not fumbling the football, I think Audrick Estimate is probably the best pure runner that Notre Dame has on this team. So if you do go with the two-back system, which we are both a proponent of, that leaves somebody out. And right now that's Chris Tyree, the odd man out. Before I ask my next main question, let me set it up by asking this. In my opinion – the four best teams in college football have separated themselves from everybody else. And my four, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, to me, is not that caliber of a football team. Agree or disagree? I think we're, uh, we're missing a team that is about three hours away from here in Ann Arbor. I think they're, they're in there, too. But to me, it's a, it's a top six and maybe – Clemson and Michigan are those two that are not as good as the, as the top four. I'd probably give you that, but I, I think Michigan's even better than Clemson. So, yes, I agree okay. with you that Clemson is outside of that top four for sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're a beatable football team. I think they have yeah. some flaws, but to me, some of their flaws, the Notre Dame ability to take advantage, it's going to be hard because it's also a flaw for them. I think the Syracuse corners are very gettable, but now we start talking about the Irish passing attack, Tyler, and Drew Pine the last three games is 36 for 74. 48.6% completion percentage, 9 of 19 against Syracuse. I brought up the eliteness because I think Clemson is a beatable football team. You can beat them with maybe average to above average quarterback play. It's going to take other parts of the team playing extremely well. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a pushover football team. But this quarterback play against the best of the best teams on the roster, Tyler, simply put, it is not sustainable. 
I, I agree with that. And, and that's where you've seen some of the issues where if we go back to the conversation we were having right at the beginning about balance, there are going to be days where you cannot run the football and Saturday is probably one of them. So what do you have to do in response to that is you got to throw it around at least a little bit. If you're not able to do that, I mean, you're, you're I wouldn't even call yourself one dimensional at that point. You're just, you're kind of hanging yourself out to dry. You're, you're not a good offense. And you saw that against Stanford when Notre Dame only scored 14 points. You saw it for stretches against California. Uh, that wasn't exactly an offensive judgment like type game for Notre Dame. And, this is one of those where you hit the nail on the head. If Clemson's defense has a weakness, it's been that secondary. I go back to a quote where Dabo Sweeney said, um, I, I think, it, was it the Wake Forest game where Clemson gave up a, a boatload of points and the secondary was just getting toast? I think they gave up five or six passing touchdowns, and Dabo was like, it wasn't very good, but at least we didn't give up seven. <laughs> Notre Dame does not have the type of <laughs> offense to, to even get uh, – I mean – who really thinks that Drew Pine can go back to throwing even three touchdowns in one game right now? I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't see four or five. So if that's the way that you get Clemson, I think Dabo Sweeney is sitting there going, man, this game could have been really dangerous on our schedule. We're undefeated. We have all these things going for us, but you know, it's not a conference game and these guys have all this talent. I think he's sitting there not thinking any of those things right now. He's thinking, man, if we stop that Notre Dame ground game, it, this 5'11.5 quarterback is not going to beat us down the field, and, and that's the way we've been getting beat this year. So it, it's almost frustrating to a degree if you're Notre Dame, and I've seen some of it already on the blueandgold.com message board and even on Twitter where these fans are sitting there thinking, man, I, I love what happened against Syracuse, but is that really going to happen against this other team that wears orange that's coming to South Bend this weekend? I really don't think Notre Dame's going to be able to run like that. So at that point, what can Drew Pine do for us? And if that's the question, just look at the last three weeks, and it has not been pretty. You laid out the numbers. It's, it's going to be a struggle for Notre Dame. And the game you were referencing was Clemson's fourth game when it took two overtimes to win at Wake Forest, 51-45, and Demon Deacon quarterback Sam Hartman threw six touchdown passes in the game. So, yeah, at least he didn't throw seven. They got out of Dodge yeah. with a victory. And let's see if I can – I've been practicing. DJ Uyan Galale had five touchdown passes that day against Wake Forest. Will Shipley, who the Irish tried and tried to get the running back, went over 100 yards in that game, had 172 against Syracuse. Let me just get a quick thought on DJ and Will and the type of challenge that is in front of Al Golden's defense on Saturday. Yeah, I'll start with Will. He's really, really good, and it seems kind of like the theme. Notre Dame always has to play these really, really good running backs. Even when Marshall was out without star Rasheen Ali, Kalan Laybourne comes in and wins that game for the Thundering Herd. And Notre Dame did a really good job against Sean Tucker, though. Mm -hmm. So I think the defense has – evolved to a point where it's not letting really, really good running backs beat it. Uh, UNLV's running back, I, his name escapes me, but he had a couple of those long runs, though. So, so you are worried about a dynamic guy like Will Shipley who can, quite frankly, get out in space and, and make some guys miss and, and take really long runs almost to the house, if not to the house. And then as far as DJ Uyunglele goes, I mean, he's coming off of his toughest start of the season I would call it he, he yeah. got benched let's call it what it is against Syracuse against the Syracuse team that obviously Notre Dame just had its way with and I think some of that had to do with Clemson beating Syracuse up a little bit but 
Uh, that's just the course of a football season. But it's going to be interesting to see what kind of game that quarterback has because the last time he was at this very stadium, he threw for, what, close to 450 yards and four touchdowns. And the circumstances are a little bit different now. He's not backing up Trevor Lawrence, and this team is his. It's supposed to be his anyway. And if he struggles again, I mean, we might see a little bit of Kate Klubnick out there, the five-star mm. freshman that Clemson is really, really high on. And I will say this, though. A couple times on your show I said, I think it's going to be Kate Klubnick. And, I mean, we're going back to, like, July yeah. and August and even maybe in September. But I will give DJU credit for the way he kind of stabilized because if you look at the, his numbers, they're really good. He's taking care of the football outside of what he did against Syracuse when he turned it over three times on his own. He's running for touchdowns. He's throwing for touchdowns. So if Clemson gets that guy against Notre Dame on Saturday, and if they do stop that Notre Dame rushing attack, like we said, I mean, this is why they're a top-five team in the country. They're undefeated. They're aimed back at the college football playoff. When he's playing like that, I mean, he's more than serviceable. He's up there with, you know, some of the better quarterbacks in the country in terms of what he can do. I'll add this. I'm not sure Clemson has the quality of wide receivers they had when they were right. winning championships. Amari Rodgers and Sammy Watkins and T. Higgins. I, I don't think they yeah. have that quality of a wide receiver. So DJ is a tad bit hampered compared to like a Deshaun Watson man when he had some NFL wide receivers to throw to. Right. Let me throw and this. Even with Will, Will Shipley, I mean. Travis Etienne is uh, is a different dude as well. You see him on Sundays every day now, and uh, that that definitely helped Clemson as well. Let me ask you this, because there are a lot of Irish fans who are right now chatting with family or guys at the barber shop, whatever the case may be, about Drew Pine. And wondering, hey, this Steve Angeli guy is a freshman. I'm sure people are saying, well, he can't do any worse than this. How do you try to talk to those people that probably at this point, Drew Pine is still the best option, and we have to trust the coaching staff because they see these guys every day. Hey, let's face it. If Steve Angeli was better right now, he would play. And that's the same thing I said last year when I was fighting off the Drew Pine talk. I'm like, Jack Cohen is still the best quarterback on this roster. You have to go with them until you see something different in practice. Yeah, and I think you have to go with him until you just see complete rock bottom on a Saturday, too. And some might say, yeah, Stanford was rock bottom, but, I mean, that the circumstances dictate what you do with the starting quarterback. There was no point in that game where Notre Dame was completely out of it where you said, oh, my gosh, we have to go completely yeah. different direction if we're, if we're going to even stay in this game. So at that point, you stay with, the guy who, who won you a game against California, North Carolina, and BYU. You say, man, he, he's got he's to find it at some point, and, and maybe we're going to come back to win this game. It didn't happen on that particular day, but it also didn't get so bad to where you say, man, we have to take him out. And, and again, mm -hmm. this past weekend against Syracuse, was he great? No, he only completed 9 of 19 passes, but he did a, a couple things. Uh, let's let's talk about the throw to Michael Mayer where he goes down the sideline for 37 yards and then he hits Mayer on the very next play 11 yards and then Tommy Reese dials up a beautiful play action on the goal line yes I mean I tweeted that video go to at TB Horka if you guys want to see that it, it's an excellent the way they lined up everybody was on the line of scrimmage the play action Jaden Thomas in the corner was beautiful he hits that throw Drew Pine does so he did enough and Notre Dame won by 17 points so 
I don't think you're pulling a quarterback, a junior, for a true freshman when you're beating the number 16 team in the country by 17 points on the road. Yeah, the defense in the running game had so much to do with it, way more than Drew Pine had to do with it. But, I mean, you, at some point you want a little bit of stability with what you're doing, and I think leaving the junior in there to figure it out, because this is the first time he's ever started this many games in a row at the college level. Maybe he can get back to what he was doing against California in the second half, mm-hmm. North Carolina on the road, BYU in Las Vegas. Like, like that, that guy exists somewhere in Drew Pine, and maybe it'll come back out. I don't think you just totally shoot his confidence and basically end his college career, at least at Notre Dame, if you pull him for a true freshman in the second half of a season where he's already playing because your starter got hurt at the beginning of the year. I think you just got to stick it out, ride with him, hope he gets back to doing what he was doing a little earlier in the year. That call you're talking about, the play action, that Reese dialed up, that gives me hope for the offense going forward in the red zone. I thought at times they get a little vanilla, although that that end around against Stanford does not fall into the vanilla category. But I love the play action. I was calling for a play action to the the number two tight end. Go 12 personnel, have the two tight ends. I guarantee you play action to that backup tight end. No one is going to see that coming. Next best thing, you go play action there to a receiver, and it works out perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. And just one more thing on that call against Stanford that you brought up. That wasn't vanilla. That was just expired ice cream you left it in the back of the freezer and you're like oh man i need to just throw this away bitter beer face ago. that's what that was yeah <laughs> all right i know that your colleague mike singer is going to have a busy weekend this is a huge recruiting weekend for the fighting irish i know you and patrick are going to have all angles of this game ready to go this week at blueandgold.com yeah, it's amazing what happens when Notre Dame plays well and they beat a top-20 opponent on the road like that. It seems like our readership numbers were up a little bit. And if that was because of anyone listening to this, we thank you. If you if it wasn't you, then you need to uh, jump on board because you could sign up at blueandgold.com for 12 months of premium access for only $10. That deal is running through the end of this season and then all the way through the beginning of next season. So you've got plenty of months to do it. I've been saying all along, though, If you haven't done it already, do it today because it's an awesome deal. And we've got this game, which has always been one of the biggest on the schedule for Notre Dame. And I think it got a little bit bigger with what the Irish did last week. And basketball starts tonight. I hang up the phone and I'm going to go watch Neil Ivey's team play an exhibition game. I think the men have an exhibition game later this week. So it's a a happening time at blueandgold.com. It always is, but there's something about – November, uh, the month of November, when all of these sports are crossing over, it's a, it's an awesome time mm. to follow collegiate athletics. I know it's what if ands and buts, but man, this team very easily could be seven and one, and we're having totally different conversations about this game. That's the part that's frustrating: yeah. losing to Marshall and Stanford. He is Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. He'll join me for game day sports beat powered by Michelob Ultra from Notre Dame Stadium Saturday from 4 until 6.30. Thank you, sir. I'll talk to you then. All right. See you Saturday. You bet. Tyler Horka covers the Fighting Irish, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. We've got a sports center update coming up in just a couple of moments. I'm going to hand out some game balls from that Irish win over Syracuse and How about the job Brian Mason is doing with special teams? This was supposed to be fair catch you. Not anymore. How about five?
punts blocked so far this year, and that's good because that'll force Clemson to spend a whole lot more time on making sure the Irish don't get to another punt in this Saturday's ballgame. Difference-making stuff right now from Coach Mason's group. 557 on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT.